Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and on 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. It is Gabe Ramirez hanging out with you on a Monday. And, you know, right now we get an opportunity to talk to one of our good homies, man. Uh, It is a pleasure to be able to work alongside him. Uh, He is the Spanish play-by-play voice for the Cubs, the Blackhawks, even the Bears. And he says he's living a dream, as he most certainly is, man. You got to watch his stuff. He's exciting as ever. Of course, I'm talking about Miguel Esparza. Como esta, mi amigo? What's going on? Todo bien, Gabe. Thank you for having me on. You know, and yes, I am living a dream, like, this is a dream that I never knew I had, but I'm living it. I gotta be honest, man. We've been we've been like you know friends of social media for a while, and I yeah. feel like you know. So I seen you before any of this happened, and so it is really cool. Just as a as a you know, because in our in our business, Miguel, especially as Latinos, you know, we got a lot of haters out there. You know, people that yeah, you know, yeah, and it's sure. Chicago. It just you know, it's just what it is. <laughs> but but I, I think what a lot of people do, and I and I'm 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 guilty of it as well. But but we do admire from afar. And I think that that's one thing we do, and, and we are very proud of our people that we know, because you understand that growing up in the city and, and being Puerto Rican and Mexican, like yep. if, if we love you, we really love you. And I'm not just talking about Latinos; I'm talking about Chicagoans too, right? And and I think a lot of times right, right. we we cheer for we cheer for each other, but we don't just outwardly say it. So you know, I want to tell you, Ron, I'm really proud of you for what you've done in, in your career and your trajectory, man. This is some really cool stuff that I'm able to see, you know. Uh, in real time, man. So, so again, man, you guys Thank go you. follow, man. Miguel's voice on Twitter. Man. Make sure you do that. You know, you know, the, the feeling is mutual. And like you said, you know, uh, we, we've seen each other. We, we, uh, we, we found each other on different events, on different opportunities. And, and, you know, the, the, the best part about this friendship that we've established throughout the years has been that no matter the situation, no matter where you have been or where I've been, you know, we've always been able to, to connect one way or another. And I do appreciate your friendship very much. And, and same deal goes for you, man. Very proud of everything that you've been able to do. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. So, so Miguel, I mean, obviously you are, you know, going to be talking, you know, man, about these Cubs in this upcoming season. I know you're in the middle of Blackhawks <laughs> season. Don't even want to yeah. talk to you about that. Um, but, but with this Cubs team, you know, I'll, I'll start off with the question that I've been asking everybody all day, whether that be via our text line or just guests that we've had on. You know, it's it's what are you excited about when it comes to this upcoming season? Because when the Cubs, you know, a lot of uh, majority of people are projecting them to be a, a sub 500 team, 
but the optimism yep. exists for the fan base. So, right. so I'm curious as to as to specifically what what are you, Miguel Esparza, most excited about with this upcoming season? Right, you know, and and as a fan and as a professional, there's two different sides to it, right? As a fan, I'm super excited to be able to get back into Wrigley. And, and you look at the moves and you look at the infield specifically, I think that's where I'm going to say that I'm most excited for. Um, there were videos. Unfortunately, I couldn't be in Arizona just because I have so much more going on over here. Like you mentioned earlier before, Blackhawks still going on for me. And uh, WBBM, I'm on there coming up soon. So, you know, so it's, it's always a thing that I can't get away and go out there. But I've been looking at everything coming out of spring training specifically today. You look at the video, uh, there's a video circling out there. I don't remember who posted it, but it, it's great to see that infield work together. You know, when you see Dansby Swanson, you see Nico Horner. Uh, for me, that that combination is going to be so special. But then again, I've mentioned this in the past. I'm, I'm super proud of Christopher Morel, Morel and, and, and the relationship that we've been be able to create. That's another one that I'm excited for because he, he's super excited about the, everything that's going on over there in Arizona. Um, I was able to talk to, with him a little bit uh, during uh, the, the convention. I also talked to Abdir Al-Salai. Al-Salai was super excited. He said he was super ready. He felt great. So, you know, those are the little things that I'm still looking at. Where Where is Adbert going to fit? Obviously, Morel as well. What What can he do this second year with having more playing time as well? But I'm going to circle back to the infield. I think it's going to be very special. Yeah, people keep talking about, you know, just straight up the middle with Dansby and Nico Horner. Yep. And then, of course, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 are people putting too much weight on that, Miguel? Like, you know, everybody's like, oh, the defense, that's it. Papa, we're there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, are they putting too much you know, on that? Or do you feel like there's well, there's the truth thing. there? I think there is truth because Dancy Swanson, has, he's proven, right? And, and the times that we were able to see Nico Horner at second, he made some great, great defensive stops. And, and he was just looking comfortable the times that we did see him there. Uh, so when, when initially everything started circling that they were looking to get a, a, a shortstop and, and move Nico, I didn't have a problem with it because of that, because we've seen him in the past. We've seen him uh, at that second base, and I think that's just going to be great. We're, we're going to see so much more from him. Now, when we look at the outfield, I mean, it's pretty impressive, right? Like a Ian Happ, yes. Cody Bellinger, Sayo Suzuki. I mean, that's – Right. That's better than a lot of outfields and outfield uh, uh, defenders in, in Major League Baseball. When, when you see it, do you, do you look at it like a, a scorned Cub fan and you're like, ah? Or do you look at it like this rejuvenated Cub fan and like, there's some damage to be done out there with those three guys? <laughs> I think I think specifically with Saya, the discipline that he's shown, I feel that he has something to prove. And he said it right after the season, like, this is going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be focused on being the best that I can be what he knows he can be. So I think he's going to have a special season. We saw what Ian Happ was able to do now. And we've seen the past, what Cody Bellinger has been able to do. Obviously for him, it's one of those bounce back opportunities, fresh air, whatever you want to call it. So I think it will be special. I think that's, and we look at it once again, you know, you're looking at, at that infield, we look at the outfield, and it's looking good. Now, my question still is, uh, first and third, um, where does Patrick Wisdom fit in? Where does Eric Hosmer fit in? Trey Mancini, you have Christopher Morel. So, you know, you still have those questions for me. I know that Hosmer was at first today, 
and uh, and we saw a, a couple of videos coming out of them turning a double play. Uh, so you know you still want to see exactly what what it is that that's going to happen with the rest of those guys. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of bodies to get in there. I think Ross is going to have a, a, a tough challenge on his hands to kind of not necessarily make everybody happy because he's still got younger guys there that that obviously he believed in them last year towards the latter half of the season. But but guys that are going to be competing, and what's good about that is that they they do have the depth that they need, and 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 that way they can take right. take the brunt of an injury where maybe they were wouldn't have been able to in the last couple of years. Uh, we're talking to Miguel Esparza here on six seventy the score, uh, Spanish play by play voice for the Cubs, Blackhawks, and Bears, of course, anchor as well on WBBM uh, AM uh, right here, our sister station. Uh, Miguel, there's a lot of changes to the season this year uh, when it comes to the, these rules. Uh, which one do you like the best, and, and and what do you think about the changes themselves? I you know I like the pitch clock. I do. Um, there are some pitchers that they they take an eternity to to deliver that pitch, and and you know and sometimes it becomes a mind game. And I was listening to uh, an interview with um, uh, Marcus Stroman, and he was saying that it really doesn't bother him. But at a certain time, there's there's moments within that game that he wants to slow down the game. And he likes to take a deep breath and, and just t- take that moment. And he's like, well, now I'm not going to be able to have that. So I have to adjust as a pitcher. Obviously I'm not there, but as a broadcaster, you know, you, you want to continue to, to, to have uh, the fans engaged and you want to, you want to be able to, to just go through the innings. Now you don't want a, a, a Drew Smiley. The way that man pitched was just incredible how fast <laughs> he was. And, and you couldn't get a word in between each pitch. Right. But I think this is going to help to move the game a little bit faster. I like the, I like the pitch clock. Yeah, I like the pitch clock. I like the the setting in stone, the guy on second in the extra innings. Right. I mean, it's like, dude. You like, oh, you like that? Okay. Yeah, I do. I love that. I I love that. Just oh, because man, I don't. No, I I love it because and that this is good. This is a good conversation to have because yeah, I like it because the best thing about baseball, right? I think I mm-hmm. think I think baseball playoffs are the best playoffs out of any major league sport, right? A basketball, okay. football, I think I think baseball, and but I don't feel that way about the regular season, Miguel. I want to be very clear, right? Okay. But the reason why I like the playoffs so much is because I do feel like there's this duel that takes place between the pitcher and the batter, right? It's mm-hmm. this every pitch matters. Right. Everything's intensified. Emotions are heightened. And you get to recreate that in extra innings when you put a man on second base. The, 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 the very first pitch that leaves the reliever's hand is important, right? And the, the batter is, is locked in. Okay. So to me, I like that aspect of it. I, I get the okay. purist is like, you know, don't, don't, don't give these guys a crutch when they don't need it. Right. I understand that argument as well, right. but to me, it's just the, the, the liveliness of it. I don't know. I just like that part about it. Um, yeah. And for me, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, this game has been so fought, you know, throughout these nine innings, and then you go into the tenth, and just one wrong pitch, you're gonna have the guy already scored. And then, you, and the same thing's gonna happen for the next one. You know, for the for the when, when you're at the top of that inning or the bottom of the inning. So for me, it's just like let them fight until they get that they earn it. Yeah. Not just give them that possibility of having somebody on second that with any base hit can score. Now, let me, so that's where I have the problem with it. I hear. So so let, let's see if we agree on this one then. When it comes to penalty kicks in soccer. Are you for or against that? Um, I'm not a big soccer guy, but I do like the excitement of that one-on-one, you know, because it, it's just. I thought you wanted to. I set you up for that one, Miguel. I thought you yeah. wanted them to fight to the death. <laughs> I hate penalty kicks. But, but 
But here's the thing, because that penalty kick is going to be earned because of somebody not being disciplined enough to know where that area is where you cannot make that mistake of just committing a foul within that area. My bad. Wait, 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 wait. I realized that I was giving you the wrong word. See, I don't watch soccer a lot either. I was talking about the shootout (laughs) kicks at the end. You know, like overtime finishes, extra time finishes, and then they go into the penalty kicks. I'm not talking about an actual penalty. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was <laughs> is that, that I, I do like some of the rule changes that are out there. Right. And I think right. one thing that a lot of people aren't talking about, right, is the because I'm like, how are they going to implement the, the pitch clock, right, the, the automatic ball right. that they're calling? And by rule, right. uh, according to baseball references, the pitcher must begin his motion to deliver the pitch before the expiration of the pitch timer. And those who violate the timer are charged with an automatic ball. Conversely, batters who violate the timer are charged with an automatic strike. What do you think is going to be like the 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 leeway given to batters and pitchers? Do you think it's going to be something right. that's going to be uh, heavily enforced at the very beginning, and then they're going to you know kind of or I'm sorry, excuse me, that they're it's not going to be heavily enforced at the beginning, and then they're going to tighten it up as it as it goes on, or do you think that they're just doing it from the beginning and they're they're going to be like really strict right. about whether or not this thing happens? I, I think it's going to be the the, the, the uh, from the beginning they're going to be strict about it. And then it's going to come down to, like, for example, when you see the pitcher coming off the mound, they're going to check his hand. They pretty much just touch his hand and he's gone. You know, so so checking, uh, that that just became, at the beginning, it was such a big deal. They, they, they had to look at their hands, both hands, and, and touch it. And, and, and it was kind of weird, right? And then it just became to a, hey, give me a high five, we're good, you know? Mm. But with the pitch clock, and, and this is where, this is another one, you know, where, where it becomes tricky because, remember, 15, you have 15 seconds when the bases are empty, 20 seconds with, with uh, runners on base. Now, it, it, here's where I have that problem with that extra, uh, that ball. You know, you have somebody on third, and because this guy lost the count of his clock or he didn't go into motion, it's going to be an automatic ball, and, and then it's just going to be a hot mess for them. So that's something that, that uh, a lot of the players are going to have in mind, just how they're going to be able to control that. And, and obviously, it's going to be an adjustment period for everyone. Dude, that's going to be. I think they will enforce it from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have to. Dude, you're going to have the best time. Like, you're going to be in the middle of at least a handful of controversial oh, moments where it's like, did he yeah, start? Yeah. Did he not start? Like, you're right, definitely going to be right. in the midst of that throughout the course of a season. So, oh, yeah. you're going to be right there from the very beginning. That's going to be extremely cool, man. We're talking about. I can't about, wait to get oh, into the baseball season. Dude. I mean, well, because out of the three sports you cover, is that the one you like, you enjoy the most? That is. That is. I love baseball. Like, there's nothing like it. It's just everything about just the park itself and, and, and the ambiance. Everything everything that goes into a baseball game for me. What is the, the, baseball, the, 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 the sound of the ball? The, the, you hear the, the beer man, the hot dog guy. Everything about it for me is just phenomenal. And do you remember going to some games like when you were younger? Do you remember like your first game that you went to? I, I do. I, well, I see. Here's where my memory is just horrible, but I do remember the first time. I, I, I can't tell you a date. I can't sure. tell you what game it was. Same. But I can tell you the moment I walked up and and uh, and looked at the field. It was just something that it, that for me it had something special that it, it, I was hooked. And and from there, my dad always made the effort to take us out to the games. And my sister, my older sister, would sit there and read a book. I was like, what are you doing here, right? <laughs> but, you know, for me, it was just a matter of enjoying that game. And, and I remember 1998, uh, during the playoffs, I, I, we were sitting in le- uh, right field bleachers, uh, Sammy Sosa, that game that they uh, were eliminated. But it was a, a great game. And Sammy, like, literally came to right field after the game, threw his gloves, they fell right in front of me. I was taking a picture at the time, so I did not mm. catch the glove. 
but I, that, that was a special moment, you know? So it's, it's just been one of those things that I, I can't wait to just get, get back in there and, and, and enjoy everything about the season. And in 1998, you didn't even have social media. So you were taking the picture no, for actual yeah, memories. I had a, I had a camera. Like a camera. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Miguel, thanks for hanging out with me today, man. Uh, if you, you want to hear him again, he is the Spanish play-by-play voice for the Cubs, Blackhawks, and Bears. And you can hear him on WBBM News Radio. When are you working again? I'm there. Let's see. I'm there soon. I okay. do have a couple of times coming up, but I am there soon. I'll be there a lot in March, actually. Uh, all right. So, well, I'm um, sure. I'm we'll sure I'll, I'll see you I'll around. I'll be seeing you for sure. I know <laughs> I will, Miguel. All right. Have a great night. All right. You too. Miguel Asparza. Uh, the voice of the Cubs, Blackhawks, and Bears. That's a really cool job, man. It's one thing to be the voice of one team. It's another thing to, to be the voice of all three, and he has a really cool a really cool home run call. So make sure you guys are listening to him if you guys get the opportunity, all right? Um, on the other side, we're going to stick with the Cubs here. Uh, Tom Ricketts talked to the media, and he had some interesting things to say about the money that's still available to to add assets to the Chicago Cubs team. Um, what else did he have to say about the squad and what he wants to see this season? We'll hear it on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Happy Monday, everybody. It is Gabe Ramirez. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 to 9, with Mark Grody. That's going to be fun. Grody and I, we like to do our thing, so... Uh, make sure you guys are listening. Uh, we're going to get into some Cub conversation here and just hear from some of the guys, man. Michael Fulmer, Ian Happ, Tucker Barnhart, as well as Tom Ricketts. And, and Tom Ricketts had some of the more interesting things to say about the, the or club because it's one thing to hear from the players. You already know what you're expecting if you're a Cub fan in your heart of hearts for this team. So the players, they're going to give you player speak. But Tom Ricketts is going to give it to you. He's going to give it to you real. And so to hear things like that from his mouth is really cool. I had I met him one time, sees Tom Ricketts. I was during the 2016 championship run. I was broadcasting live from like the broadcast booths. So we would, all of us would do our morning shows from there, WXRT. We would do ours. The score was doing theirs, US 99. And we were leaving one day and it's empty, obviously, because it's nine in the morning at Wrigley Field. No one's there. And Tom Ricketts was right on the corner and we didn't like I knew who he was but I didn't I wasn't too familiar because he was like brand new with the team still right and so he literally was just like hey I'll walk you guys out this way and we just went walking down the down the little corridor and he just was telling us about the plans for Wrigley Field and what was to happen around it just a super nice guy straight shooter just seemed super cool and you were like, and I just remember leaving and being like, what, what the hell just happened? Just had a conversation with a guy that makes more money than everybody I know put together. You know, that, as frustrating as it gets as a fan, and, and I am a fan, I'm a Cub fan, and you know that, uh, the thought of his intention never wavers, right? He, I, I always, sure. It never occurs to me that he isn't trying to win. The Cubs aren't trying. It gets frustrating. You see him make decisions and everything. But it never occurs to me that that Ricketts doesn't want to win. At least he's not trying. I would say that. Yeah, I mean he, that that though that was his intention when he first came here, and then he had to get some of his money back because he's a businessman, right? And he's like, all right, everybody, I got you guys what you wanted. First time in the hundo, I'm gonna go ahead and make some money off of this area right here. Cool, everybody, shut up. Cool, you guys good with that for a couple of years, and then I'm gonna get the winning. We're gonna win. Don't worry, we're gonna win. I just did it. I just came here and I did it. 
dude. That that's like you hear that out loud and it just sounds so wild. Cause he did make it look like so like it was so easy. Not obviously with Theo. No? Oh, you got thoughts on that. Come on. Obviously it was Theo. He had some part to play in it. The majority, of course, is Theo, right? But I mean, w- without the Bucks, right? <laughs> without <laughs> that money, uh, Theo can can say what he wants to do. True. But without the money there, I mean, you, you can't say Ricketts had nothing to do. With I mean, they had a, they had a very know? cost-effective team in 2016, right? Outside of Jason Hayward, they spent money on Zobris that year too. Okay, fair. Couple, You're right, you know, Zobris. They did. You're it, right. It's, I mean, uh, I believe you would know better than I would. Okay, okay. I believe uh, Lackey was someone they paid for that year as well. Mm, they had to bring him in. Yeah, mix him in with a little Lesty. And, and that's what I'm saying, right? It gets frustrating because okay. you're right. Like you see him, it's obvious if if you just look at it, the way what's going on. Some decisions are business decisions, decisions, right? But the it never occurred to me that like, okay, Ricketts is done winning. He's not going to try to win yeah. anymore. He's going to sell the team in a little exactly, bit. Things going to get better. Right? You like, don't feel that way. No, no, never. No. Like you never get that feeling. You know that okay, some decisions are made on the business side. But give him a few years and he's going to come back hard, which is what they're doing. Yeah. I, I never get the feeling that, like, okay, he won a World Series and he's done. They make you think yeah. like a businessman. That's what Tom Ricketts is making Cubs fans do. Where they've sucked in the past and they thought this team is never going to spend because we keep filling up the seats. And with this regime, it's more like, no, we're going to suck because we just need to recoup some of this money in order to spend it again. So we're thinking like a business now, which I think is cool. Nothing wrong with that. This is Chicago. We have smart fans here. Um, speaking of business decisions and signings, Michael Fulmer, new member of the Chicago Cubs. It's uh, it's, it's awesome. You know, I think the, the word of spring training is always excitement, and uh, I'm going to use it here. You know, I'm excited. I know it's – I've been here for a little bit, but uh, a few days I feel like we've been playing hide-and-seek. I think I win. You guys lost. Um, but, no, it's, uh, it feels good. I'm excited to be part of this group. I love what the, uh, the organization has done this offseason. And they were uh, – they stayed in touch pretty much all offseason. I know we kind of signed a little late, but uh, that doesn't stop the excitement that me and my, my family have to, to be here and uh, ultimately up in, in Chicago. Shout-out to Kings and Leon in the background. Sex is on fire. You hear that? I'm like, is that what they're listening to over there? Stark contrast from uh, probably what's being played in the Chicago White Sox. That's just saying. Kings Leon, sex is on fire. That's great. I like that he made the media laugh, right? You want a guy that can kind of talk. I mean, what are your expectations of him? You think, like, where where do you think he fits into this uh, Chicago Cubs team? Because he said he'll play anywhere, right? Whether that's them needing a spot start here and there, an innings eater, or just, you know, middle relief. Every single World Series roster has guys just like Michael Former on them. And you know it. It's littered with some pitcher that got signed in the last week of spring training. All of a sudden, this guy's putting major innings for you during the season. Yeah. He's on a mound in a playoff game. They're getting him out. Every World Series roster is littered with guys just like Former. Yeah. Why not? Why can't he be one of those okay. guys? You're right. Got to be smart about signings. And obviously, the Cubs trying to be smart with that one. And it's cool to hear from him. It's cool to hear from from the players at spring training. They're a lot, obviously, they're lighthearted, feeling feeling loose right now. Ian Happ, one of those guys, always a good interview. Um, he had some things to say, some interesting things to say. Uh, first, with the identity of the team, and he talked about being excited about creating that with the new players. 
Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, having guys, I just said it, but having guys that, you know, have had success in the game, been around, have done a lot of impressive things, bring accolades, like all that stuff is, is super exciting. And so, you know, we, we have a lot of new faces and a lot of guys to get to know and get kind of a form our own identity and, and decide, you know, kind of what this team's going to look like. And that's the exciting part for players. And they're going to be trying to create that identity while working through rule changes. And, you know, there's going to be some players that are out there that are feeling a certain type of way about the rule changes, but Ian Hap's definitely not one of them. But I think for the league in general, definitely it's going to be a big change. I think the dose shift is going to be a big change, figuring out what that looks like, figuring out, you know, how that actually plays in competition. And pitch clock, I think there's going to be some growing pains. You know, we're going to have a couple weeks in spring, but it's nice that we get those, you know, we get 30 games in spring to figure it out and to get a feel for it. And I think adjustments that overall will, will benefit us in the long run. That pitch clock's going to be a tough one. Like, if you're telling me a pitcher has to begin his movement before the pitch clock is over, like, like how often do you watch an NFL game and think that Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady should have had a delay a game called against them? I mean, there's going to have to be an adjustment period, right? I mean, you're not yeah. going to tell me that we're going to get to opening day and it's just going to run smoothly and everybody's Zero. all of a sudden used no to way. this, right? I mean, that but first like, But are they going to be, are they going to have like replay challenges? Like, no, nah, he did move before that or he didn't. Or are they going to go to VAR like they do in soccer where like, they got to show some, like, the guy's going to be have, like, a motion suit on him. <laughs> like, it's going to be, able, like, what are they going to do? That's too, it's too subjective there. You get the feeling that this might be one of the rules that ends up creating more rules, you know? Right. Because this rule is going to now create the need for more rules on top of this one. I'm excited, but I still like it, though. One of my favorite pitchers, Mark Burley. Get the ball, throw. I think uh, Theo Epstein was talking about it uh, with Mullion Hall last week. Really great clip. And it was... Something along the lines of him watching a playoff series from nineteen in the nineteen eighties, and he talked about how the guys back then they got their sign and they threw it, and it was a much more exciting game. So that sold me on it when he mentioned you know that, and I thought I think that's really cool. But you know the reality is this: if you're throwing the ball that fast, your defense better be good. And Tucker Barnhart talked about the ceiling. For this Cubs defense, when you got gold at just about every position, you know it's it's going to be, uh, I would think, comforting for pitchers uh, to be able to pitch to contact and and reduce some stress. I think for those guys on the mound, but I think our, our defense could be as good as anybody in the league. Uh, when you talk about Dansby at short, Nico at second, got Belly in center, me or Jan behind the plate. I mean, uh, Ian and left. I mean, you got we got like I said, Gold Glovers everywhere. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. Telling you, man. People are talking like it's going to be 7-1 to one Cubs every single game, bro. Like, that's all I'm hearing. Well, fans, players, like, we, got, we got gold everywhere. Papa, we can hit it anywhere. He's gonna be, what? I, I just, like I said earlier, right, I feel like they have a defense that will keep them a three-run homer away yeah. in pretty much every Four game. 4-1. Right, you're going to be about a three-run homer away. That's what the yeah. defense is going to be able to keep you in. Of course, you're going to have, you know, every baseball season has your blowouts and on either end, right? But I feel like for the most part, the defense is going to keep the Cubs a three-run homer at least away in every game. That's the hope. Hopefully, the pitching staff doesn't keep you, you know, a grand slam away from. from that's the your defense could do it, but can your pitching do it? Can your pitching keep you in that same same window? It's going to be fun. Like, like the Cubs are going to be a fun team. And this com- this is coming from a non-Cubs fan, but that appreciates baseball. And, I mean, who doesn't want to see good defense when you're watching a game? Who doesn't love a diving stop, a, well, a well-executed a well double play? 
I mean, the Horner to Swanson double play combination is going to be beautiful. They're going to have some beautiful um, interactions. So, I mean, it's going to be good baseball. It's just a matter of, like, are they going to get mulled, mulled over by, like, the top-tier pitchers in the, in the league? You know, when you face an ace or a number two, do you know that that's just, you know, tough sledding for the Cubs? I mean, that, I, that's what makes this season so fun, right? It, it's really the potential. Uh, it's kind of a win-win, I feel like, as a fan, because if they reach that potential and they do wind up making the playoffs as a wild-card team, or you, who knows, right? What if they go, get crazy and do wind up winning the division? Stop I it. Mean, as, this Don't what, say those things on these airwaves to get people excited, because now Jeff in Mundelein is going to go tell his boy, hey, it ain't crazy if the if the Cubs win. Don't make don't have people saying things like that. Well, this is what I'm saying. As a fan, you can't lose this season because I mean, <laughs> if, right. if they reach that potential, it's like wow. But if they don't and they don't make the playoffs and say they finish third in the division, not a playoff team. As a fan, yeah. you're still like, hey, yeah. improvement. We're still coming, right? It, it's a win-win for a Cub fan. It's a win-win this year, no matter what, you know. Cubs were 13 games away from making the wild card last year. 74 wins for the Cubs, 87 for the final wild card spot from the Philadelphia Eagles. That's not a lot. That's not a lot. Of, that's not a. That's not a lot. A lot of uh, wins away. And if you're considering you have a a better team this year, you should be able to close that gap. Again, for me, uh, when I think of disappointment. If we finish bottom two in the division, that's the only way I'm disappointed. Yeah. If you finish bottom two in that in the in the NL Central, something went really wrong this year for the Cubs. To tell me that we're worse than the Pirates and the Reds, I can't see it. Right. And I a lot of, and obviously with the with the new schedule, a lot of other teams are going to be trying to beat up on the Pirates and the Reds. So hopefully you guys can can tread above water in, in that space. Look at this interesting stat from last year. Cubs away record last year, thirty seven and forty four. Cubs home record last year, 37 and 44. Same as same on the home, same at home as they were away. So that's that's where the area of improvement needs. Because when you look at every team that was above the Cubs that that made it to the wild card or was vying for a wild card spot, they were either one game below 500, that's where Arizona was at home, or significantly better at home than they were on the road. San Francisco 44 and 37, Milwaukee 46 and 35, Philly 47 and 34, San Diego 44 and 37. So that's where the difference can be made. And you know what? With a decent team, you're going to have some fans at Wrigley that are going to be cheering for a squad that could potentially propel you to a couple more victories in that way. I was about to say, you got to think. So they were 37 44 each, each home and away. Mm-hmm. With the new players, can't don't you think that's at least two or three more wins on a season? So you're looking at what forty and forty two. That's the hope. I mean, that's the hope, but that wouldn't necessarily be at home. That could either be home or away. The victories where they would come, but the the, the other telling part, right, is the runs against Chicago Cubs last year seven hundred and thirty one runs against. When you're looking at the teams that. Any team that made the playoffs last year, not one of them had over 700. And the teams that were in front of the Cubs that didn't make the playoffs, Milwaukee, San Francisco, Arizona, respectively, their runs against 688, 697, and 740, so more than the Cubs in that sense. But it's gold everywhere. Gold all in my right. Gold all in my everywhere. So that should go down, right? So if we're looking at the metrics that equate to a wild card team, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hype you up. 
I'm trying to Stephen Munderline. I'm trying to give you the ammunition as to why they might be a wild card team. They're gonna have a better record at home, and they're gonna play better defense. And they only missed the playoffs by 13 games last year. That sounds like it washes somewhere along those lines. Caesar sold. He's leaning back, confident in the chair. He's like, "Damn, we going to the playoffs, baby. This is great." I'm just saying, it's a win-win, right? It's a it win-win. Is. It is. It's very Chicago Bears esque, where we are we are allowing for the present in hopes of the future, and that's where Cubs fans are. Which is like, hey, it's better than it's better than having hope and 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 sucking like I had to deal with last year. Having hope and sucking is the worst. You're the Denver Broncos, right? We got Russell Wilson, baby. AFC West, Patrick Mahomes, who? You suck. Your coach, fired. So then reversing it, right? You as a Sox fan, what equals disappointment for you this season? Is it playoffs or bust? No. I'm telling you, man, I'm not making the same mistake. I'm a, I, am a, I am a wounded. I broke. You, the Sox cheated on me. And what I will not do is allow them to, to just be my boo again and for me to be like, yeah, I'm not worried about you going out with the fellas late at night. No, 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 absolutely not. Send me your location. Text me every hour. And I want a selfie with the clock in the background so I know this is an old picture. And then we could talk about trusting you. No, no, absolutely not. So to me, the White Sox, where do they need to finish? I mean, to be honest with you, they finished second last year ahead of Minnesota, but they, they kind of collapsed towards the end of the season. They have Carlos Correa back for another year. Byron Bucks is going to be healthy. You know, Cleveland's going to be good. So for me, the floor is third place. It's not even second. I don't even have those types of expectations for the Chicago White Sox. So if they finish third place in AL Central, you're, you're kind of eh? No, if they did that, I'd be like, Thank God I didn't invest my energy and time and effort into this team because I knew their ass were going to end up third. Right? See? So I'm there already. I'm there already. See? You got to play chess with these teams. Don't let them Don't let them be emotionally invested in them and have you. No. you. No, no, no. This, this only happened, this mindset, like I think it was like two years ago or three years ago with the Bears, where I've been emotionally invested in every team in the city every year, regardless of what the expected outcome was to be. And then the Bears, and I was just like, why am I so mad every Monday? Like, angry. And I'm like, I, and I, and I know this team sucks, and I'm still mad. And I'm like, why am I this emotionally invested in these teams? And I still will be. I'm going to be very clear. But I have, to, I have to prep myself a little bit better. And what the White Sox are not going to do is hover around 500 for the whole season and have me out here defending them. Hey, I think your man's cheating on you. Nah, girl. They're tripping. They lying. They don't know. Uh-uh. Just you see. That's what I felt like last year. And then at the end of the year, what happened? My girl came to me and she said, you know what? I told you he wasn't nothing. Clearly, I've been in too many bad relationships in my life. All right. That's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 to score. Uh, on the other side, we're going to end on a fun note, man. We're going to do a little Twitter time. What's going on in the world of pop culture and sports in the Twitter sphere? You'll find out on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, 670 to score. Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 to score. It is Twitter time. This is where we take a little stroll through Twitter. And I know you are you don't got a bunch of time during your day to do these kinds of things, but I do. 
So I look up a bunch of things uh, that you could be talking about and a little bit of pop culture, a little bit of uh, sports. All right. So this one. First up, did you know Donovan Mitchell was Panamanian? I know. He had a big ass chain on his neck. I'm looking at a tweet right here. This is from uh, Utah fans. Um, and it's Donovan Mitchell wearing a big ass Dominican, or excuse me, a Panamanian chain. I thought it was Dominican because similar flags. And then I went online and yeah, his mom's Panamanian and his dad was a minor league baseball player. And so he got that Devin Booker thing where like the pops was a kind of sort of professional athlete, you know, hitting on women in small towns. And then they, <laughs> the bagging like the finest one that's there. That's why I would Devin Booker's dad was like a, a CB, CBA basketball player. And then in Grand Rapids, Michigan, met his Puerto Rican mother. Come on. We know what's going on there. We, we know what's going on there. All right. Next one, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this from at LMMSWG on Twitter. It said, this old gentleman made a pram. I don't even know what that is. Uh, for his paralyzed dog. As he said, he takes him for walks so that the dog feels uh, that despite his complete paralysis, he can still see the world and he's still part of it. Dogs are family because today is National Love Your Pet Day. And so basically what he did was he took like a, a, a shopping cart and like made a little hammock for his dog to sit in so he can walk him. So like with a shopping cart, that's kind of cute. You got any pets, Caesar? What you got? I do. I have a little dachshund chihuahua and a little Maltese poodle. You got two dogs? Yeah, two little ones. They're each about no more than 12 pounds a piece of them. How long you had them for? Well, my dachshund chihuahua just turned nine, and then my uh, Maltese poodle is about 11. Damn. Yeah, they're old timers. Uh, what are the names? Because uh, you sound like you really love them. I do. I love my dogs. Uh, first one is Wilson. She's a girl. She was found on Wilson Avenue, though. And then uh, my dachshund chihuahua is named after Jonathan Taze, so he goes by Taser. Okay. Taser and Wilson. Well, look, you still, you, I, you're smiling more about this damn dog, these dogs. Than I, I hear you t- smiling about Chaz. You're just like, what's going on right now? All right. I'm joking with you, by the way. All right. Next one up. Uh, this from Ryan Herrera says, Seiya Suzuki threw an interpreter uh, uh, on possibly recruiting Shohei Atani to the Cubs. He says, I'm inviting him. That sportsbook money is going to go to good use, baby. You're crazy. These guys, Shohei is not coming to the Cubs. I hope he doesn't. That'd be like the, my worst nightmare right there. Something like that happens. Do you remember the rumors last last year that, that like the Sox kicked the tires on that thing? Like they, they they just tried to see what was going on. No, they weren't. So just 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 because it popped in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, I'm here for it. How mad would you be if Manny Machado becomes a free agent and then winds up coming to the Cubs? I wouldn't after hate all that. that with the Sox. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate that. I I, I like Manny Machado, but. There's something about him. I don't know what it is, but there's something about him. He doesn't strike me as someone that I would want to cheer for. Love his game. He's a stud. I mean, I, I like good baseball, so I like that kind of thing. But when the Sox missed out on him, I didn't necessarily say to myself, like, oh, damn, we missed out on a generational talent. Do you think he's a gener- generational talent? He's pretty good. He's, he's, I, 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 think, I, I, mean, I wholeheartedly agree with that. You got it. He's a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Isn't he a Hall of Famer? I mean, look at his. He's got. I don't know the the, the pitch of your voice right now would make, lead me to believe that that might not he, be the case. It, only because I don't have the numbers in front of me. From, right. from from everything that I can off the top of my head, I would say if you have to tell me right now, yes or no, I would say yes. Manny Machado's a Hall of Famer because he's like the best of his generation. He, I see that. I again, can see you know, that. no no numbers in front. I of me. I got it. I pulled him up yeah, for you. For sure. I got him right here. He's a uh, he, uh, he's got some good stats, man. He's a. Uh, 
he's all right when you're looking at the grand scheme of things, right, and, and where he's at. But, all right, Manny Machado, nah, you guys can have him. Do you think you guys are going to go – you guys going to push big for him? I, I'm just – I just popped in my head with you talking about Shohei Atani coming, and I'm like, man, what if, what if Machado wound up coming next offseason, you know? <sighs> Don't make me more depressed than I already am. All right, next up on Twitter time. Uh, chirp, chirp. This from the Miami Heat says, love to see it. Official, the Miami Heat have signed five-time NBA All-Star Kevin Love. I get it because they needed more bodies. They didn't necessarily have like a, a – but they're, they need to get healthy. Like they need their team to be healthy. They need Jimmy Butler to be playing at a high level. They need Bam Adebayo to be playing at a high level. I mean, obviously they were trying to get rid of Kyle Lowry during the trade deadline. And so Kevin Love comes in. I mean, he's going to be taking shots away from their three-point shooters, though. You know, that's the that's the part that it's not like he's some defensive stopper, but I don't know. He's ring chasing. He's just ring chasing. Yeah, we'll see if they can go ahead and do that. All right, next one. Chirp, uh, chirp. This from NFL Rums, but it's really rumors. Um, it says, uh, hashtag giant Saquon Barkley is likely now to hit the open market in free agency. Now, Saquon is trending on Twitter right now. Do you have any interest whatsoever? First of all, I'll be very clear. I have zero interest in signing Saquon Barkley to the Chicago Bears. Why? Why is that? Why do I have zero? Or why do people want to sign Saquon Barkley? Why would you have zero? I mean, that to me, that sounds crazy. Think about a backfield with Fields and Barkley back there. I do. I, I, and I, and I, I just think to myself, remember, it's not, it's not like Saquon back there. It's Saquon and his money. Right? It's Saquon and his money back there. So then I say to myself, would I let's say if it's fifteen million all day, would I rather give eight to Dave Montgomery and tack on seven to like a, a Deron Payne? Right? So that's how I'm look, thinking about it in my head. I'm not just looking like whatever running backs in the backfield. I'm trying to account for the rest of the money that gotta go different places. And for me, that's too big of a slice of the pie to give to a running back. I'd rather give that to a couple of other positions. But that's just that's me. I, I feel like, though, if you're ever going to splurge on a player, right, hmm. you're never going to be in a better position than right now to say, yeah, we overpaid for that guy, but we had the money to do it. Yeah, but I'd rather wouldn't splurge you, right now on him. But wouldn't you rather overpay for, like, defenders or guys on the line or offensive linemen? I feel like you could sign Saquon and still go out and get guys. They have that much money to do that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I, I would pass on the Saquon thing. I'd pass on the uh, Tony Pollard thing. I'd stick with David Montgomery, but I'm, I'm, I'm a homer. We know this already, so I'm like not saying anything that we don't. Maybe that's what it is, uh, Caesar. Uh, it's not has nothing to do with Saquon. It has everything to do with David Montgomery. Like that's my real friend in real life. All right, last one. Chirp, chirp. This from Convenience Store News: Pastor Joe Olstein pays himself an annual salary of fifty-five million dollars. Damn, music stopped at the perfect time right there. Um, he had a custom garage built with twenty-five car styles for each of his custom vehicles. His favorite is a replica Pope mobile. He lives in a 75,000 square foot mansion with maids, cooks, butlers, and gardeners. Hey, man. I got to be honest. I have nothing wrong with that. I'm a God-fearing Christian. And I, have ze- I have nothing wrong with that. Dude, whatever. You're a vessel. You get money. You make it happen. Like, dude, he's bringing people to the Lord. That's not, like, it's more than you're doing. You're just complaining about him and writing a tweet about him, right? So, whatever. Pay the man his money. All right. Play me my wrap-up music. And on that note, I would like to thank those that have hung out with me today. Great show, man. Three hours all by yourself is not, it's no easy task. 
Got to shout out James Fox for hanging out tonight. Miguel Esparza for doing the same. Shout out Cesar Perez for holding down not just the production duties, but also chiming in with his Cub fandom as well. Got to love that. I don't have it. So I always appreciate having you and Sean Sears on the other side during Cub season. Makes me feel good. All right. I am up out of here again. Next time you'll see me is tomorrow, 6 to 9. Except I will not be solo. I will be with Mark Grody, Gabe and Grody on your airwaves at 6 p.m. on 670 to score. BetMGM is up next. BetMGM tonight is up next to help you with all your gambling needs. Mi gente, my people. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.